This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So you guys know the phrase, if it's and butts were candies and nuts, what the hell is the rest of that? I, I Googled it mere moments ago. It turns out it's we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Popularized by Dandy Don Meredith on Monday Night Football more than 50 years ago. Anyway, I bring that up because there is now a Vegas over-under for combined starts by DeGrom and Scherzer, 43.5 for this year. If that number gets closer to 60, I think things are likely to be pretty terrific. But if that number is closer to 30, so much for candy and nuts. And now the Taiwan Walker might not be ready for early April. I'm starting to get a little itchy over that word if a little bit. Let's talk about pitching depth and have a reasonably Merry Christmas as well as we begin the podcast. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing While coffee is brewing now Here's Josh Lewin I hate to start with if If is a very feeble word Very weak, very non-confident way to walk around feeling It was even a terrible song Not long after Dandy Don was on Monday Night Football in the 70s With Frank Gifford and Howard Cosell uh, If was sung by, actually whined by, the group Bread. And it had this awful wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah sound effect throughout the whole thing with the lyrics, uh, if a picture paints a thousand words, then why can't I paint you? And so on. Wimp rock of the mid to late 1970s. You guys were so lucky not to be around for that if indeed you're under 50. Feelings by Morris Albert. Anything by Gordon Lightfoot or Christopher Cross. I once heard someone describe Christopher Cross's singing as it's like he's driving by you as he's doing this song. You know, like, once in your life, you find her. <laughs> Makes Ed Sheeran sound like Motley Crue. Anyway, sorry, uh, Josh Lewin with you. And if the Mets starting rotation stays healthy, indeed, a very Merry Christmas, candy and nuts, jelly beans, unicorns, you name it. But yeah, the health of those top two potential Hall of Fame-like starters That is the big if of the Mets 2022 season. Beyond Scherzer and DeGrom, certainly looks good for now, right? I mean, Sean Bassett, Taiwan Walker were first-time All-Stars last year, and that's wonderful. But just for example, we now just found out Walker underwent knee surgery seven weeks ago. Terrific. Not major surgery, mind you. We'll detail it in a moment. And Buck Showalter says Walker can still be in that season opening rotation, but it's just not for sure right now. Just reminds you what a house of cards all this stuff can be. More fragile than, say, the feelings of Morris Albert. Carlos Carrasco remains a potential upside guy here, but uh, also a mystery how much he can offer because of his recent injury history. In theory, those guys, Bassett, Walker, Carrasco, can form a fantastic three through five portion of the Mets rotation, but they've got to stay healthy. And yeah, even more DeGrom and Scherzer are the guys with the five Cy Youngs between them. They're the ones that have to really post up. So as for Taiwan Walker, he had a debridement procedure 
So did I. It's called a divorce. Oh, but no, I, it, seriously, it, it means in this case cleaning out broken bits of cartilage on his right knee in this case. And he met the media to talk about it yesterday morning. We got it checked out and a piece of cartilage kind of just broke off my kneecap and uh, we just got it taken care of right away. Um, Dr. Lee, um, he's Arizona's knee guy. Um, my agency, you know, been around for a long time, so they had a lot of connections and a lot of people recommended him. And so we got in right away and got it taken care of. So it was something that happened in the office? Yeah. yeah. Did they think that it was just a kind of freak thing, or had anything been building up? Yeah, probably just a freak thing that just kind of happened, yeah. Okay. So, What's your schedule now? Uh, threw a 40 pitch bullpen today. Felt really good. Um, and kind of just building up for there. Uh, we'll see either Friday or Saturday, maybe another bullpen or live. Um, just kind of see how I feel tomorrow. But it's really just been up, building up the endurance with my shoulder and, you know, making sure everything's good with that. I understand you're not running fully. Yet. Yeah. Where do things stand as far as you and being ready for opening day? Um, uh, I don't really want to put a timetable on it, uh, but I feel good. I'm progressing to it. Uh, I have been running, uh, but we just want to make sure the knee is strong and st uh, stable, uh, especially now that I'm, I'm able to work with uh, strength coaches and, and trainers and stuff. So. And what's that process like? Because obviously uh, during the lockout, you, you couldn't communicate with the team as far as Deciding you're going to have the surgery. How, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? Uh, again, just kind of leaned on my agency for that. Uh, went to Excel's a little bit. Uh, and, you know, they're really good over there. They have a good rep. Um, so I just kind of worked with them. And um, then I got back to training with my trainer again and started strength and building the strength and started a little running progression with him. And now we're going to finish out here. What are your thoughts on being part of this rotation, which has the ability to be maybe the best in baseball? Yeah, I mean, we are arguably the two best pitchers in baseball. So just uh, to learn from them and uh, pitch behind them and then you know getting Bassett was huge and um, I think Carlos is going to have an amazing year you know he has a great track track record um, so I think um, you know just pitching alongside uh, alongside them and, and just just learning from them I think we're going to have a good year. The Taiwan Walker as we know struggled the second half of last year but he does have the most starts of any Mets pitcher from last year 29 of them most uh, innings 159 if he wobbles again, David Peterson showed promise as a rookie in 2020, struggled last year before the foot injury kind of derailed him. He's 26. He could be the only lefty starter if he gets in there. And with all the April games scheduled against Philly, it would kind of be appropriate if Peterson's on hand for that. He faced the Phillies in four of the 15 starts he made last year. It actually did pretty well, 1.59 ERA in his last three of those outings against that lineup. But Peterson, not the only young, talented starter trying to crack that Mets rotation. Don't forget about Tyler McGill. Came up last July, was lights out initially, had a 128 ERA in his first seven starts. But he struggled down the stretch, a 678 ERA in his last 10 starts. 15 home runs allowed in 49 innings. That would prorate to 60 in not even 200 innings. The Mets record for homers allowed in a single season. Roger Craig allowed 35 pitching at the Polo Grounds in 1962. The more modern record, Pedro Estacio, 32 allowed some 40 years after that, pitching mostly at Shea and not very well, might I add. Hopefully, Taiwan Walker, another guy with uh, second-half home run problems, will be ready to rock soon after this neat thing blows over. And hopefully that sportsbook line, on the uh, the over under on starts by the two aces is going to end up well above that over of forty three and a half. 
Elsewhere, one name reportedly added to the lefty out of the bullpen derby. The Mets quietly signed a few minor league candidates we haven't really talked about, and they are around on these minor league deals for now. You probably know about Alex Claudio, also former Cub Rob Zestrizny, whose name would give you about a 200-point scrabble hand, even without triple word score. He's in camp, and now comes word that Mike Montgomery is coming in on a minor league deal as well, as long as he passes his physical. Montgomery, Southern California guy, five years ago had the lowest OPS off his fastball of any pitcher in the National League. Guys like DeGrom and Scherzer were around 670 that year. Montgomery was 596. I know that was a while ago, but that was a guy the Cubs had on the mound to close out their only World Series win of the last 114 years. He had been acquired from Seattle at trade deadline that year, and all he did was get the final out of the World Series four months after that. The uh, the two pitchers who recorded the final outs for their respective teams in that World Series, Montgomery and Trevor Bauer, then of the Indians, were high school teammates back in California eight years before that. I don't know what the odds of that are. Last big league team for Montgomery was the Royals in 2020. Last year, he was off pitching in Korea. Still would be nice to bring in Andrew Chafin, but if that doesn't happen, Montgomery is a good horse to put some money on in the meantime. Other Mets news for now that you need to know. The new center fielder, Starlin Marte, has been uh, dealing with a sore left oblique, so he did not participate in the Mets' first couple workouts. Thought to be a very small setback, not anything of note. Mets, of course, are heavily invested in Marte. Not only a terrific defender, but had a major league leading 47 steals last year at the age of 32. He's a 310 hitter each of his last two full seasons. I just love that he's still considered one of the top few base runners in the sport. You got uh, Trey Turner with Merrifield, Byron Buxton clumped with him on that list. Love the 383 OBP last year. That will go well with Nimmo's perennial 393. Buck Showalter met the media at spring training. You're going to hear him talk about Marte and some other things. Usually, Buck has the stoicism of General MacArthur gnawing on a corncob pipe and staring out at the gray horizon. This is spring training, Buck. A little different. Let's bring him on right now. And the first thing he was asked is, how do you get buy-in in that clubhouse as the new guy? You know, you, you can't force that. And people think that you can have one conversation It's not... It's not what you say, you, you, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the meetings that we've had with a group, you know, really short, you know, I don't know if they were expecting, certainly not going to drop the A speech on them to start off with, but, um, no, it's, there's been enough lip service and not necessarily by somebody else, just they don't want to hear it. I wouldn't, just, you know, let's, let's show me. And, um. Uh, we know what the job description is. It's, but you can't force that, you know, by saying one sentence or whatever. Yeah, it's the season is so revealing in baseball, playing so many games. Uh, sincerity gets, you know, gets out there in a hurry, hurry, and so does phoniness. So, you know, you can't hide it. Too many games were around each other too much. So instead of talking about what everybody's going to do it should be what is missouri the show me state yeah something like that buck with a relatively limited amount of time to make certain evaluations this spring um brandon nimmo according to the metrics was way better in center field last year certainly than he'd been i'm sorry according to the metrics uh the yeah all the numbers right that that show that he is 
come a long way defensively in center field, obviously a few years younger than Marte. Are you open-minded about center field, left field, or is Marte the center fielder and Brandon will play left, and, and it's as simple as that? Yeah, you know, that's something that you don't totally commit to until you talk to the players, which I have talked to, to Ken, and I've talked to, talked to Marte this morning before we went on the field about, uh, first of all, what his perceptions are. What did first question I asked him when I saw him the first day is, in a perfect world, what position would you want to play? And then today was kind of about, uh, you know, this is kind of what we're thinking. What do you think? And um, hoping those things match up. But one of the things we have going for us is the versatility of these three guys. You know, all three of them can play center field and half. And um, there's a couple of ones they don't have much experience at, if any. But looking at where the least number of minuses and the most pluses figure in our favor. Billy's got a great system about, you know, the 90, the game's played in 90-foot increments when it comes down to it. And then what allows us in the outfield to decrease that the most? But what appears like on paper doesn't always play out in the game. But all, you know, you've got two guys that are real happy about where they are and one guy's not, you know. But why would they be unhappy? They're unhappy maybe if that's the case and hadn't shown yet because they don't feel like they can present themselves the best and help the team the most. So that's when you got to be sensitive to it. Um, so, uh, you know, it's comforting for me to know that, you know, with those two or three-day injuries that we've got multiple people that can play in multiple places, I feel comfortable about putting any of those guys in any of the three. And the good thing about it is they're receptive to it. And whatever you need to learn about their various attributes – is this going to be enough? I mean, it has to be just because of the schedule, but do you feel comfortable in your mind that yeah, you can you know, make that kind of evaluation in three weeks? We were dealing with people that were coming from Syracuse, be a little different. I think there's enough track record there and obviously enough people that I trust that have seen them play that we should be able to to get there. Not a perfect world. Like I've said, that you know, the Braves and the Nationals, the people in our division, aren't. they don't get two extra weeks. We're all working on the same thing. We have some different decisions to make that other teams don't have, but we'll get there. I, uh, they've all three been, been receptive to what's best for the team, so that's a really good start. What are your plans defensively for J.D. Davis? Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to work mostly at uh, third base, some first, maybe some in the outfield. Going to kind of move it around a little bit initially, but uh, you know, just I, you know, it's like how he said, I'm not sure if there's enough time to get that look and feel confident about it, but you know, there is some track record there too, so you know, I think we'll move him around. And the DH um, is going to be working our favor with there with JD too. Are you thinking maybe he's a four corners guy or maybe not that quite? Not quite that many spots. What, right field? Left field, right, third, first. I wouldn't say no, but uh, I'd say more triangle. <laughs> gotcha. So, so, so center field then? We can puzzle that in. Depends on how you move the pie. <laughs> That's what I ask these guys, a lot of our uh, analytic people that, uh, you know, do you move the pie? And they say, what do you mean? Do you always put him in the center of the pie? Because if your pie is here and he's playing here and he doesn't get to that ball, does he get penalized? But if you always move the pie to where he's in the center of it, I got a head scratch too. I was, I was proud of myself. <laughs>
Pi Day was this past Monday, I thought. 3.14159. So uh, anyway, there's a bit from Buck, maybe a, a bit less General MacArthur than usual. And we also heard from Francisco Lindor, who, of course, needs to get out of the gate a lot faster than last year when he was basically ketchup out of a, a brand new bottle. Here's a bit from his get-together with the media elite. I think the first question he was asked was, uh, yeah, basically, what was that last year? Why the slow start? Uh, uh, to be honest, if we talk about last year, I didn't feel like I was slumping. I just, I wasn't hitting, obviously, the numbers weren't there, but I, didn't, I felt like I was having good days. I was just inconsistent. You know, I was inconsistent every day. So he led into a 190, I think I hit the first month, or or 200, whatever I hit. Um, I, I just wasn't consistent. You know, like I'll come in one day, give two hits, and then no hits for the next two days. And then start a series not having success, but then have success the last day. So it was, I wasn't putting bricks every single day and to have a wall you got to put the bricks every single day i was just putting bricks every other every two days and it wasn't um it wasn't what i wanted uh and if yeah it was a lot of things happening and i was trying to get my routine um but ultimately it comes down to uh, me not being consistent and i think that's something that i i have to do this year be more consistent from the, from the beginning uh and yeah, it's just life was a little fast for me. So um, it's part of the game. Uh, live and learn, and I'll be better for sure. Mark, go ahead. So, so last year, obviously, you had a big acquisition, and you know everyone in New York, the press, media is all you know focused on you. This year, a lot of other acquisitions. Is there some comfort that you know maybe the spotlight's not going to be on you every day? To um. I never really looked for the spotlight. Um, I guess it comes with the territory. Um, it's part of it. Uh, I'm happy we got some new guys. I'm happy to share my experience with them. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do me. Uh, it, it wasn't about the spotlight or not. I, I'm pretty sure if I perform, you guys will all be here. And if I don't perform, you guys will all be here. So um, it, it is what it is, you know. Uh, I'd, I'd never really been a guy that wanted the spotlight. You know, I was seeking for the spotlight. If I have the spotlight, love it. I, I'm not going to shy from it. Uh, Tim, go ahead. What, what would you tell or what will you tell the new guys this year about your experience last year, if you have any advice or anything like that? To um, focus on their craft every single day, um, and that comes with focusing with winning, you know, whatever it takes to win. Focus on that. Focus on that process. Don't focus on the process of... Um okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All the results and the what things have are being said, um, just focus on, on playing the game. You know, you, you, you're here to play the game. 
Um, if you do that on a daily basis, um, life will definitely slow down and you'll be fine, you know. And the fans, they want something to embrace you. Um, something I stole it from Buck and uh, I hit home, you know. They want something to embrace you, you know. The fans want it, they cheer for you. If you don't give them that, they're, you know, they're, you're going to hear. So just do whatever it takes to focus on the process, play the game right, do every single little detail right, and good things will happen. Very Ted Lasso right there. I kind of like that. couple final notes to pass along before we go in just a moment. Uh, the Mets will stage an intra-squad scrimmage on Friday at Clover Park in lovely Port St. Lucie. It is open to the public, staged one mile from the public's. It's a good little grocery store when you go to get fruit for your hotel room. Just a little insider tip there. The actual exhibition schedule starts at 6 o'clock in the p.m. Saturday. Mets at the Nationals in West Palm Beach. Max Scherzer knows that, uh, that little complex decently. And also, if you haven't yet, get yourself to Mets.com. Right there, you'll see a banner where you can click to get that 60% off offer on tickets for select games. Love you to take advantage of that. Uh, Sounds like we are flat out of time, because here comes the music. Let's meet the band, the house band, the Mets in the Morning house band. This time, uh, we are featuring, for your pleasure, on the keyboards, Mike Pelfrey. Slapping the bass is Mike Torres. The horn section, Mike Hampton. And in the spirit of all mics, let's welcome the new guy on the drums. We mentioned Mike Montgomery, and we do look forward to getting to know him. This is Josh Lewin. Thank you very much for tolerating my act, and uh, we will come at you again with more of this tomorrow. Remember, we are a Monday through Friday operation yet again. Miss in the morning. Take care. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.